What do you see? I see a scheme. And in that scheme, I see myself. We have a saying in Asgard. Where there are wolf's ears, wolf's teeth are near. Popheads, welcome to issue 165 of the Tomcast Podcast, coming to you from the Time Variance Authority. That is correct, I now live outside of the timeline, and you'll never even notice that this podcast is late. My name is Tom, thank you so much for listening to this quality independent pop culture podcast. We are the Tomcast Podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media, at Tomcast Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Please, email the show, TomcastPopcast at gmail.com, send me your Loki thoughts. Please uh, make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing the show with all your friends, family, and loved ones. And if you're on Apple Podcast, hey, take the time, write us a five-star review. They are the best key to defeating the evil algorithm and the Time Lords. Probably. <laughs> we got a great show for you today. We're going to get into episode two of Loki. Um, I don't, what do you all think of this one? I had thoughts. I had some, I had some deep thoughts on this episode, but I don't know, I don't know how you all feel about it. Or felt about it. So we're going to get into it. We have a conversation lined up. We're going to talk to uh, my dear, sweet brother, Mark. Once again, he's going to join us. He's been on board with us re- reviewing, talking about the Marvel series since day one. Uh, since, since since Disney started with WandaVision, he joined us for Falcon and Winter Soldier, a.k.a. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And uh, now he's going to catch up with us. We'll get a little recap from him on uh, his thoughts on the first episode of Loki. And then we'll dive into to, the big, big talk for Loki episode two because... Uh, this is one that bears thoughtful, thoughtful discussion. All right, episode two, The Variant. This is directed once again by Kate Heron. Uh, episode two, a different writer on here. We have Alyssa Karasik. Michael Waldron is back on board. He's still the creative producer, the showrunner of the series. Uh, but a new writer on this episode. And Thomas Hiddleston once again, Owen Wilson once again, Gugu Mbathara, Wanumi Masuko. Uh, and a whole cast of, of returning characters, some familiar, familiar faces from last week, some new faces for this week. We'll talk about all of it as, as we get into the episode proper. Uh, before we do that, though, before we get into the show proper, we do have to thank the most important people. The official members of Pophead Nation. We have to thank them for helping keep the lights on, keep this show running smoothly. Thank you so much to the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, co-host of the Ringing Ear, fantastic music show. Be sure to check that out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil Mark Wagamer, and our very own Joker Harley Quinn, Brian and Chris of Parai Brewing Company, right here in San Diego, California, but also coming soon to Baltimore, Maryland. Get ready, Marylanders. Parai Brewing Company will be in your business real quick. You're going to love it. It's a good time. And, of course, the final member of Pophead Nation currently, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. Welcome aboard once again for the 14th time. <laughs> You gotta stop saying that. <laughs> but thank you guys for being the member. The, the blah, 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 blah. thank you so much for being the members of Pophead Nation. Without you, this show does not go on. All right, let's get into the conversation with Mark. You know what to do: sit down, buckle up, 
Hold on to your butts and buckle up again. Let's go. I have a new purpose. I'm a servant of the sacred timeline and knowing what I now know about his tactics, I can deliver you the variant. But I need assurances. Yeah? Assurances that I won't be completely disintegrated the moment the job has been done. Right. And we'll need to speak to the timekeepers at once. They're in graver danger than we realized. He's lying. All right. Joining us once again via the power of the internet. My brother Mark is here, Skyping with us from Los Angeles, uh, recently returned from the East Coast. How are you doing today, sir? Fabulous. How are you? Oh, fabulous. Fabulous and, and a tad warm. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Although I suspect where you are is a bit warmer than here. <laughs> uh, probably, and I don't have air conditioning. <laughs> just another reminder that uh, uh, before before you know, colonizers came to Los Angeles. No one lived here. <laughs> it was empty. Right. There probably was a reason. <laughs> yeah. And now you're living in it. Yep. All right. All right. Well, you, uh, you, unfortunately you were unavailable because of your, your commitments to a, a visit back East, uh, last week. So I, I wanted to get your thoughts on the first episode of Loki, uh, yay or nay plus and minuses. What'd you think? Oh, wait, hold on. Time out. We, 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 we skipped right over the beer. What are you drinking? Did you bring anything back from Maryland with you? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm drinking uh, Ennegrin's Lagertha Hoppy Pilsner. I think you want to call it Lagertha. Lagertha. I don't know. <laughs> don't worry. You're all good. You're in a safe place. Okay. <laughs> I'm also drinking a beer from, from that area because uh, I recently was back, uh, up in Ventura County, and I stopped over at Institution in uh, Camarillo. Institution Ale Company, they're fantastic. I recommend them highly. And I came back with yep. their Mosaic Pale Ale, just a lovely. It's a pale ale, but it's still six point two percent, so it's got a little little uh, kick to it. But uh, I love that Mosaic hop, so bring it on. It's delicious, and I'm a big fan of your beer too. Right on. <laughs> All right, now we can commence with with your thoughts on episode one of Loki. Uh, give it to us. Uh, overall, it was a yay. Um, I really liked Tom Hiddleston. I liked. Uh... What's his name? Owen Wilson. Um, some casting choices I'm not so sure about. But overall, I mean, yeah, it, it, it kind of did, I guess, what I expected it to. Mm -hmm. You know, Loki, we see the variant Loki get captured by the, the TVA. And then, like you said in, in your podcast, he gets kind of scrooged. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, that's that's pretty much what I expected. It was, you know, a lot of exposition, but um, for the most part, pretty well done. Yeah, and I, I, st I still was, I'm, I'm, even in this episode, I'm still rather taken with uh, Hiddleston and, and Wilson's chemistry with each other. I think they have a, a fun rapport. Um, and we'll talk about it a little bit more once we dive into more episode two. I did feel like this episode, this episode two kind of took, took it back a little bit, and I didn't like that very much. What do you mean, took it back? Well, I mean, if you, if you said all you have to say about episode one, let's just dive into episode two. Yeah. All right. So I, I did enjoy episode two of the show, um, but I felt like it took a step back with Loki uh, in the sense that, like, I felt like in, in episode one, we kind of, 
you know, broke Loki down as a character and he sort of understood himself better and he was going to come at this situation from a new perspective. Well, we open this episode and he's basically up to his old tricks, just lying, lying, lying. And I was like, well, what did we learn in the first episode? Because they seem to have just kind of ignored it. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I okay. think because at the end of the first episode, the, the sense that you get, or at least that I got, was that Loki wants to or is interested in making a change for the better. Um, and that he, he's willing to, to help Owen Wilson and the TVA, but not that he's renouncing all of his old tricks. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, you know, Loki, Loki's going to Loke, I suppose, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, he still is the god of mischief, but I guess he's sort of, maybe, you know, depending on where the show goes, but, you know, he's the god of mischief, but he, he's putting that mischief to, to good use for positive purposes as opposed to nefarious purposes. Well, uh, let's talk about that. that, that op- I, I, I sort of have this episode divided in halves, all right? So the first okay. half is is when they go, uh, when they first go to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, uh, which is uh, yes. which is the home of Mark Grunewald, by the way, the the legendary uh, comic book editor at Marvel, who uh, Owen Wilson's character is sort of uh, visually based on. Okay. So kind of a little shout out to him uh, once again in this episode. There's all kinds of little Easter eggs in this episode. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole with all of them because some of them are very comic book uh, nerdy. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, you know, there's plenty of articles on, on the internet that you can look at if you want to get all the deep cut uh, comic book references that are in this one. A lot of them are just referencing uh, comic book issues where where certain okay. characters made their first appearances or whatever. Interesting. Uh, so it's interesting, but I don't know if we need to dive into it on here. Right. Uh, but so I I kind of have it that in the in the that's the the first half is when Loki's there and sort of trying to misdirect the TVA, and then the second half is when they're in the the rocks cart sh- shopping mall shopping store. Shopping Walmart store, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, and so that I thought that first half I thought was a little uneven because it did seem like I don't know. It, it did feel to me like like Loki was I don't know like kind of obviously lying to them a lot. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, but I think ultimately, I, I get the question is. Why is he lying? Right. And, and and what is his end game? Because I think he, you know, rightfully sees um, or, or projects, I help them with this case. They catch this variant. Then what happens to me? Mm-hmm. Like, they're just, they're just going, what, what, what do they call it? Pruning? They're yeah. just going to prune me? Um, so he want like, he wants that audience with the, the timekeepers. Mm-hmm. Again, if he's not up to his, if he's not just pulling the wool over everyone's eyes, that that seems like a a legitimate goal. I yeah. think. No, and he, he, he like he says to Owen when he when he's trying to trying to throw them off the trail a bit, he wants like like assurances that he's not just going to be like vaporized as soon as right. the variant the other variant is apprehended. Uh, and I I definitely get that. I guess I just I get, mm, I don't know if I. Mm. I don't know what I want to say about it. I I, I like it, but it, uh, I guess what I like the most about that whole thing is is that Mobius knows when he's lying, <laughs> which is fun. Yeah, because you you would kind of think like Thor would have figured it out <laughs> after all the times that we've seen Thor make that mistake, <laughs> but Mobius just like stands there for many pauses, he ponders, and he's like he's lying, and then they just move on with right. their lives, <laughs> which yeah. is, which is part of the fun of the sh- of the show, and there is sort of this weird. 
I don't know. Did it did it strike you that Loki is trying to be in Mobius's good graces? Like he's trying to, uh, like earn his respect or something. Yeah, it it does. But you know, it's Loki, so we always have to ask ourselves if if that's just that's just a trick. Right, and I guess that's one of the things I'm kind of struggling with with the show. Just and I I, I say struggling. I just mean on a personal level where I'm just like. It's Loki. We always know he's got something up his sleeve. Like when, right. when am I, but when am I supposed to be able to trust that he's being genuine? And mm-hmm. I guess that's hard because I guess you're never supposed to trust him to be genuine, right? Right. <laughs> so he's an interesting uh, protagonist in that regard. Yeah. But yeah, I, I guess that goes nicely with sort of like the the bureaucratic version of, of that is Owen Wilson's character for this time, uh, time variance authority. Right, which I I get more fascinated by the time variance authority every you know each episode or each time I've watched the episode I'm always like kind of catching little things like I just love how there's just like endless piles of like physical paperwork it's just like thick folders binders everything's printed up old school style like the old dot matrix printers you know it's just very antiquated and sort of just screams you know bureaucracy yeah that. That's sure. I hadn't thought about everything being on on paper hard copies, but you're definitely right about the bureaucracy. I think, like in the first episode, when he's when Loki is in the uh, the the waiting line and he has to he has to take a ticket, it reminded me of uh, that scene in Hitchhiker's Guide yes, to the Galaxy, yes. where they're at the DMV. Yes, you're definitely right about that. It's a, that is a great call, great call. Yeah. I wonder if it was like a little shout out to to uh you know ford and everyone from from hitchhikers yeah maybe one of the things i observed in this episode i was curious if you had any thoughts about it uh particularly in the in the first half of the episode uh we we they they the camera seems to focus on the timekeeper statues at a couple different points in the in the, in the episode and i was wondering if that meant anything to you but uh, particularly when when we are going into uh judge ravana renslayer's office and she has like those statues behind her desk, and we are kind of focused in on the one in the middle, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of online rumors that that's going to be a a, a revelation that uh, Kang is actually the timekeeper. Okay. Kang the Conqueror, possibly. I don't know about any of that. This is wild internet speculation. But they did spend a good amount of time f- focusing on these statues at various points in the episode, and I was wondering if that connected with you as a a man with a a director's eye. Well, I, I think it's mainly because, you know, they they want you to feel the presence of the timekeepers. You know, they um, because I, I think like I think it's the judge that says, you know, they're always watching. Mm-hmm. And so I think they I think they want the audience to to feel their presence. Um, and, you know, I also think because there is going to be some kind of reveal with them what that is you know i don't know but a part of me thinks that kind of like what loki is saying when he's questioning owen wilson is that the timekeepers might just be a complete bullshit yeah might just be a fable yeah i was very interested that's that was one of the really interesting aspects of this episode i was sort of talking about that and you know it goes back to loki's like you know, constantly just saying in the first episode how absurd everything is. Right. <laughs> he dropped, yeah. He dropped absurd a lot in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you, they have that conversation. Loki and, and Mobius have that conversation about how absurd Loki's story would sound to anybody else. 
Right. So why should it, you know, why shouldn't it be that way with the timekeepers and the sacred timeline and all that? So yeah. there, there is a nice back and forth there between the two, where where uh, where uh, Mobius is is defending his beliefs and his position against Loki's beliefs and his position. But I definitely get the feeling something's up with the timekeepers, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so whether it turns out to be Kane the Conqueror or this is all just you know more internet Mephisto speculation bullshit, which seems likely, I, I you know I. <laughs> The internet I, really wants to see Mephisto, apparently. Oh my God, that started in the first episode too, when they when they showed the devil in the church. <laughs> it's right. Like a, it's like, are you just making fun of the internet now, or or what are you doing? I just, I didn't even, I, I didn't even think about that when they showed that. I was, you know, I don't know. <laughs> hey, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. So again, I think you're right. Whether it's it's sort of, sort of some like there are no timekeepers, or there, you know, it's you know a little man behind a curtain. You know, like like right. Wizard of Oz kind of shit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely going to be something there. I'm, I'm very interested. And uh, again, the other connection, I think another reason why people keep focusing on Kang is because Ravana Renslayer is like one of his, uh, I don't know if concubine is the word I want to use, but it's kind of like Kang's lady in the future. Oh, okay. So I, 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 I wonder if that's helping fuel the Kang speculation. I'm um, sure. But again, if if they're doing this like WandaVision, then it's just a total misdirect, and I'm okay with that too. Right. I would be okay if Kang's not revealed until Ant-Man, Quantum Mania, like they've told us. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. The internet's going to have all of these theories, and they might not turn out to be true in this particular show, but they might turn out to be true later on down the line since everything is so interconnected. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think you and I have talked a little bit about it, how the, you know, the internet's all about just throwing everything against the wall to see what sticks so that somebody can say they were right down the road. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, just throw it all out there and then eventually someone will, you know, if you say enough theories, you're bound to get one of them right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know how I feel about all that. I, you know, again, if they pull the wool back and it's it's Kang, cool. I'm fine with that too. Um, I'm more interested in what's going to happen with what happened at the end of the episode, the, the the big the big giant cliffhanger at the end of this episode, when when, I mean, let's just say it, the variant Loki sends those bombs back into the, the different points in the timeline at different locations, like, right. like I, I want to see what's going to happen with that. I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Did you uh, happen to take note of where those bombs went? Uh, no. All right. Well, here, hang on a second. I got, I got some info for you on those uh -oh. locations. All right, so I know we're, we're I know we're skipping ahead a little bit here. We're getting to the end of the show, but I did want to put these out there. Uh, the timelines that Lady Loki sends the, the Timekeeper uh, reset bombs. I think that's what they're called, right? Like, whatever they use to help yes. re reset yeah. the, the, the timeline. She sends one back to 1492 Portugal. It's kind of okay. fairly important. <laughs> yeah, because somebody did something very important in 1492. Yes. Uh, 20, 2301 Vormir. Which is the planet where the Soul Stone's at in Endgame? Okay. Fifteen fifty one Thornton, USA. We don't know what that means. Nineteen ninety nine Cooksville, USA. We don't know what that means. Two thousand and four Asgard is one of the locations that okay. could have a bearing on something. Thirteen ninety Rome. That's when uh, some 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 shit was going on with the Pope that year. Nineteen eighty four Sakar, which is the battle planet from Thor Ragnarok. 1808 okay. Barakara, which I don't know that country at all. And then uh, 1208 
Porvo, which is a city in Finland, but I have no idea what that has to do with anything. 1382 Ego, The Living Planet, played by Kurt Russell. Right. 1982 Titan, which is where Thanos is from. Yeah. And also where uh, Captain Marvel dies in the graphic novel, Death of Captain Marvel. So, okay. Which came out in 1982, so that's curious. Uh, 1947 New York. Uh, what was going on? There was a smallpox outbreak in New York in 47, but it's also a key location for the Agent Carter series. Okay. Uh, 1984 Japan. Zero right. zero five one Hala, which is the home planet of the Cree. 1999 Kingsport, USA. We don't know the connection there. 1991 Xandar. Xandar is the home of the Nova Corps. And 2005 Beijing. And it's rumored that Beijing uh, holds the eighth gate to a transdimensional portal. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> but basically, I mean, all those branches, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting back into the whole multiverse of madness thing, right? Like, that's kind of where we're going with this? I seems that way. It seems that way, for sure. For sure. What, what did you think of that plan? I thought it was pretty great. I liked it too, because I, I mean, you had to ask yourself that question. Why is she taking these things? Why is she getting all these things? What, like, what is she doing with all the stuff that she's taking from the Minutemen when she's killing them? Right. You know, we don't know her motivations just yet. Um, but what did you think of the confrontation and the reveal of what well, the internet has dubbed Lady Loki, but she's not revealed herself as Lady Loki? That's true, yeah. Um, no, I, I I liked it. I thought it I thought it was a good reveal. I wasn't too keen on the different, like the uh, the 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 body hopping, you know, having the different actors portray the character, because I, I just didn't think that was very good. But you know, she was good, and yeah, I I was a little. Um, I don't want to say I was put off by that, but I was like really hoping that they weren't going to do that the entire episode, and we still wouldn't meet the Loki variant. So I was glad right. when that reveal was done and we were able to see the character. Um, yeah. But I'll be honest, you know, I don't, I'm not a big track down internet spoilers kind of person. So when the, when this actor was cast in in a, in a you know unknown unspecified role, you know, a lot of people kind of made a leap that this was going to be. Uh, a female Loki, like that kind of became the thing. And then I guess someone sniped a picture of her in, in sort of a Loki-esque kind of costume. Um, right. I have gone a different route with this theory, though, and I was curious. I know, you, I know you're not ensconced in the comic book universe anymore, uh, but I think the Lady Loki is a misdirect. I don't think it's Lady Loki at all. I think it's a character named Sylvie, uh, who in the comic books lived in Oklahoma when Asgard was in Oklahoma. There was a whole thing when Asgard was plopped down in the middle of Oklahoma. That... Sounds awesome. And a character named Sylvie from Oklahoma, Loki was basically fucking with her and imbued his powers into her and made her basically the Enchantress, a new version of the Enchantress. Okay. And that's kind of sort of what I think we're going to get. Okay. Uh, Sure. I'll go with that. I was... um, Because I think in the first episode, um, I did wonder if Loki was being framed. Oh, okay, yeah, interesting. Because uh, I, it was just a little thing that maybe I thought too much about, but when he steps through the, uh, I don't know what that thing was, you know, it looked like the metal detector, and it, if you're a if robot, you're, right, it right. melts you down or whatever. And then there was like that little printout, and it was... His uh, um, temporal aura or something. Right? Yeah, it was, it was like his aura. And so I was... 
I, it just struck me as like, oh, well, maybe that can be like, like a fingerprint or something like that. And someone's gonna, someone's using that sort of information to make it look like a Loki variant is doing these things. But I, that was just me kind of, I don't know. Well, no, I mean, you're, you're kind of on the right path with my, with my thinking, because I was, uh, I would assume that if this is a variant, if this is that this isn't actually a variant, but if she's imbued with Loki's powers, she may have a very similar temporal aura or whatnot, because it's Loki's right. power set, just in, right. a, in a different character. So she may not be Asgardian at all, if that's the route they're going to go. Yeah. So I think we're going to get in, I think the Marvel, again, Marvel once again having fun with the internet is my theory, is my current train of thought on this. Yeah. And that's not to say that we we won't see a Lady Loki in this series because I suspect at some point we're going to see a lot of Loki variants kind of all come together. Right. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I did want to talk to you about, get your take on something I really liked from this episode was this this uh, our our variant Loki's notion that he is the superior Loki and this is a lesser Loki they are pursuing when it seems <laughs> to be very much the opposite. <laughs> right. What did, what was your take on that? Well, I think my take on it was pretty much what Owen Wilson calls him out for later on, which is that he knows he's not the superior Loki. Yeah. And that's it. You know, he's, he doesn't like that. And so he feels the need to, to, to best this Loki. Well, yeah, I think, you know, I think you're right. And if you go back to episode one, I mean, you know, Mobius even has the line about like, why do you lose so much? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, the superior Loki would probably be a lot more triumphant. You would imagine. But if, you're, if your lot in time is to be the foil so that everyone else can rise to greatness, then you're just going to lose a lot. You're just going to lose a lot. That's, not, that's a good train of thought, too. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I really like this episode. I like the... the I, I did really like the Roxcart scene. Um... I was surprised no one made more of a big deal about when Loki was able to use his magic when they got to Roxcart, and he just mm-hmm. like used it to dry himself off. Right. Um, that seemed to startle one person, but no one else seemed to think much of it. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if that's something we're, we're going to get to play with in future episodes, especially now that you know, as this quote unquote female Loki or just you know the other variant Loki uh, has has bombed the timeline, and and our Loki has run off with her um Mm -hmm. you know how much more mischief can loki get into now that he can because apparently he can't access his powers he's not been power dampened or anything like that i would say a lot of mischief right (laughs) yeah you know i sort of wondered why they didn't put that collar on him so that he couldn't do those those things but i I guess owens or mobius is trying to give him some trust just a quick interruption i don't think those collars had anything to dampening loki's powers i think that was being in the tva that dampened his powers so uh my my apologies my mistake yeah, it would certainly seem that way. I don't know. It was interesting. I mean, there was a scene in this in this one where he tries to give him the knives, and then uh, B fifteen takes the, the knives knives away from him. He's like, "Hell no!" <laughs> right. But you know, I I don't know to to go back to a movie you've referenced recently on on the show. You know, you go back to Forty Eight Hours. I mean, Eddie Murphy's now walking around in handcuffs, so you know, could just you know, would would Loki be very cooperative if they? left that on him well it, it, true but would look but you know eddie murphy didn't have uh magic powers <laughs> no i mean I, you know if he could dry himself off who's to say you can just like teleport himself out of there though i guess teleportation is not really loki's power base 
Well, he, I, mean, like... I mean, he sort of explains his powers in that one scene earlier about like the, the you know illusion based. And then there's like the, the physical recre- the optical recreation okay. of himself. And then the, you know, which I, actually that was a scene I really, really liked. I liked him distinguishing those two things as, as two separate abilities and not one. Yeah, that, no, I liked that. And I, I sort of liked the pride he took in his uh, his skill set with it. But yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed this whole thing, like him him trying to claim he's the superior variant, even though uh, he's also the one who just got his face smashed in by the Hulk. Right. <laughs> what did you think of the, the opening when... Uh, uh, you know, we, we like you said, it's kind of like a buddy cop movie in that sense, where he's out at the desk and he's kind of getting the training, and Miss Minutes is kind of giving, like, quizzing him on stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that what you thought was going to happen? Like we were getting like a buddy cop show, or like how did that play to you? I guess. Well, for I'll say that scene with him and Miss Minutes was actually kind of my favorite scene <laughs> out of the whole episode, just simply because when he was uh, when he was swatting at her with the newspaper, there there was a look of genuine delight on Tom Hiddleston's face that he was just really enjoying this moment where you know he is just being the god of mischief just annoying Miss Minutes and he's having a lot of fun with it so I, I mean I really liked that scene but that was the feeling I got through the whole episode which is like oh this is it's a, it's a buddy cop movie or or more like 48 hours but Disney slash Marvel fied. <laughs> what? Well, uh, so, I mean, what do you? Okay, so what, speculation time. You oh. know, L- Loki's gone off with Loki. You know, the TVA is now in the in the lurch. They're going to be. You know, Owen's going to Owen. Keep calling him Owen. She's going to call him Mobius. Mobius is going to probably get a, get an earful from Renslayer when he gets back to the TVA. Uh, it it's, it's not looking good for the TVA. No. But do you think Loki's still out for himself, or is he going to try and have a team up with himself? And would would this other variant want anything to do with that? Because it doesn't seem that way. But she did leave the time door open, right? Um, I think he's out for himself. I I don't I don't think he's betraying the TVA, mm-hmm. and and that's it. I I just think that's that's where this show is going to go. Which is you know we're going to see kind of a redemptive arc for Loki, so that they can make him kind of what he is at the end of Ragnarok, which is, you know, the, the anti-hero. Uh, so do you, do you think he still holds true to like, he wants, he sees the TVA now as the ultimate power in the, in the universe and he wants to control that power. Like he's gone from the Tesseract to the TVA now. May honestly, no, I, it... I can't, I can't explain why exactly. Um, at least, you know, not not why in the context of any of the the characters' motivations within the show. I just don't think it's it's going to go that direction. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious. I think I think it could go a lot of different directions. I think I, th- I sort of feel like next week's episode is, is going to be kind of like the wild, crazy one where we're exploring all these variant timelines and the variant Loki's that exist within them all. Okay, uh, which I'm very excited about uh, because. Yeah, because I, I really just like seeing Tom Hiddleston chew scenery. <laughs> so that's fine with me. I'm okay with all of it. Uh, I I do want to know more about what's going on with his plans, but it, it's Loki. We're not going to find out to the end. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what did you think of Loki's ability to figure out where the where the variant is living, where the, where, where the variant's hiding in these apocalypses? I really liked that scene. I thought it was really strong. I, I his metaphor for it was very sloppy, 
<laughs> but I liked, right. I, I liked that Loki was the one who was able to sort of deduce this, that the God of Mischief is hiding out in apocalypses. And then they go to Pompeii, and Loki's letting goats go and throwing things around and having a good time. Right. <laughs> what did you think of all that? Um, Like you said, uh, you know, I like the fact that he's the one that's able to figure out where the variant, the bad variant is, is, is hiding out. Uh, it made sense how he figured that out. Um, and quick aside here, the, the stuff in Pompeii, in this episode, I, f- I felt like Loki was a little too goofy at times in this episode. Um, like they're they're leaning a little too hard into the humor, which I didn't like. I would like to see them kind of scale that back because it felt more like, again, it felt more like the Loki from from Ragnarok. And that's not the Loki that we're watching so anyways that's just my own little tangent um but um what i did what what i didn't like about him hiding in the apocalypses and and whatnot is just how they figured out which particular apocalypse they they would find lady loki or or whoever the uh at at that the what was it up rocks rocks mart Rocksmart. Yeah, like that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. It's like they had this gum that was made at a certain point in time. So they were looking between this time period and that time period, but there were all these uh, apocalypses or cataclysms. It didn't make sense to me how they determined which one precisely she would be at. Did that make sense to you? Uh. Yeah, because I mean, they had gum. They knew it was it had to be produced on Earth, so they had to, they narrowed it down like to like an Earth event, uh, and then it was okay. just like you know finding the right one within a certain time pan, time span when that gum came out. Now maybe maybe there's a deleted scene or something where they go and they go they checked a couple of other apocalypses in that time frame. I you know I don't know, or maybe they just got lucky and got it right the first time. I was okay, okay. with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it needed it needed more. I mean, pretty, pretty I, thin to I me. definitely understand because I mean, you're you're talking about like like a like a universal sort of situation here where you're examining apocalypses across the universe and across the timelines. So I mean, there's right. a you know, it seems like almost infinite possibilities. But because of that gum, like they were able to very narrow it down to, to almost a very specific uh, chunk of of space time. But I mean, even you know, even on Earth, they were saying that there were all these cataclysms within the time frame that 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 gum was was available on earth so you know they listed one apocalypse i don't like the fact that they're calling them apocalypses i think that but whatever um <laughs> yeah they're, they're listing one apocalypse after another and and within that time frame that the gum is available and um yeah they just choose one that's the one well how do you know that <laughs> I guess they got lucky. They did. I don't think they knew that. I think they got lucky and they they found the right place. Okay. All right. I mean, they weren't they weren't sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. They seemed sure to me, but I maybe I misunderstood. The T and the TV also like uh, those those Minutemen. They're kind of a bunch of buttheads. They suck. Yeah, they were just like harassing people and shoving people and pushing them around. And like you know, Owen Wilson. Or I keep calling him Owen Wilson. <laughs> just you know, Mobius had to be like, stop, dude, stop being uncool. Remember, JC right. was a carpenter. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to Meet the Parents <laughs> for that line. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that one. 
<laughs> I don't know if I had any more speculation games to play with you on on, on the show, but uh, uh, would you have? Did you like this episode more than the first one, or do you feel like this one was a little bit lesser? What'd you think overall? Um, I would say about equal. Okay. Okay. You know, just for different reasons. Um, as far but as far as speculation goes, um, what's her name? The judge. Yeah, Renslayer. Uh, Rens Renslayer. Um, do you, do you think this other agent who is bringing her things throughout the timeline? Do you think? It's the other variant, the the bad variant of Loki. Well, that's a possibility. It was definitely something I was like, there's more to this character. And uh, I, I feel like there's going to be a betrayal on, on her part later on. I think she'll be revealed to, to be a villain at some point. Well, it'd be interesting to know if, if... Remember, too, we also had the agent, the Minuteman, that uh, the variant, the bad variant captured said that she revealed the location of the time time keepers right so i mean are we going to get to see that are we going to see get to see the you know reveal the mystery of the timekeepers next episode is that where lady loki's going right now like is that what what the, what happens in the and they find out that it's you know either an empty room with nothing going on or or you know whether it's a hoax or there's actually three giant space lizards controlling the timeline you know who knows, um, right. but I'm very curious if that's kind of like where we pick up right from the get go with the, with the next episode, or if it's you know we're we're mostly following the TVA as they're t- attempting to get the timeline back under control. Right. I mean, I'd like to see it as both in the in the episode, but I have no idea if that's how they're going to handle it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very intrigued though, and and you know your 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 idea there. I mean, it's rife with possibilities because there are so many. You know, when you're dealing with time, there there are a lot of possibilities for what the way you can go with things. And I mean, that's the fun, but it's also kind of like the, um, I don't know if I want to say it's like a, I don't want to say it's a crutch, but I mean like you can kind of make anything happen (laughs) with, with time and time travel and, and variants and the branches of the multiverse. Like there's a lot of, a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan. You know, in a lot of ways, it was a lot easier when, when uh, you know, Back to the Future. I mean, it's just like the one timeline. If you, and you go back and you do the one thing, and, you know, I understood that. <laughs> and then Endgame came out and was like, I don't understand this. Like, I'm not smart enough to follow this. Mostly because I, they were I, making it up. <laughs> what's that? Mostly because they were making it up. Yeah, I, I don't think intelligence has anything to do with it. I, th- I think it is one of my gripes with Endgame is like I, I think it's just horribly convoluted as far as the time travel is concerned, and and it just you know and Marvel's just kind of leaning into that. And I I agree with you. I think it is a crutch. I, I think it is just they they can do whatever they want and make up rules as they as they go along. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm counterbalance you a little bit on the end game thing like it, it's very comic book logic which is why i'm okay with it you know comic books every comic book had a different version of how time travel worked so i was okay sure. with that like whatever it's fine uh i guess the thing that I, i'm kind of concerned about in the long term with time travel in this in in the marvel universe is uh at some point they're gonna have to start kind of establishing like hard and fast rules you know like Doctor Who, you can do a lot of stuff in time travel there, but there are certain things you can't not you can and cannot do. At, at some point, you have to have rules in place. It's just like it's just like magic in Lord of the Rings. Like 
everyone thinks Gandalf can do whatever he wants. That's not how magic works there. Like, there's rules and there's consequences for everyone's actions. Sure. And at some point, Marvel's going to have to start putting, like, this is what you can't do. Like, you know, like like the idea of, like, fixed points or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, the danger is just that they'll, creatively, they'll just trip themselves up at some point and end up contradicting themselves. And so... Yeah, I mean, I, going back to episode one, I did, I did think it was uh, rather interesting that one of the things Renslayer says to Loki when he's trying to blame the Avengers is, well, no, they were supposed to do that. And I was like, well, who says this? Space lizards? Okay, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> apparently the space lizards. But, it, I mean, it is interesting, though, that if they have such control over time, then how do any variants even occur? Guess... Why is one thing supposed to happen, but but not the other thing. Well, and again, that's another, you know what, that's another interesting aspect of this episode we didn't talk about was, was Loki uh, trying to assert that, so there, the, so there is no free will if everything's predetermined in, in that conversation. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Mobius kind of have to be like, well, no, there is, but like, it's complicated. <laughs> you know, and like, that's a conversation I want to, I, I would love to see that explored more as the series progresses, as Loki comes into uh, in, in the inevitable confrontation with, the timekeepers or the, the, the hoax of the timekeepers or whatever. You like, I, I think exploring the notion of free will is fascinating in, in a, in a, in a universe that bases a lot of its storylines around destiny. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and, you know, you and I've had this conversation off to the side about how I'm kind of sick of these, these sort of destiny based stories, like these chosen one Neo kind of things where it's like, right. If that's your, you know, like, is, is it free will if you're destined to do it no matter what? It's just like, well, whatever I do, I'll end up at the right point. Sure. So I, I, I like the idea of kind of breaking that down, stripping that. Let, let, let's analyze that. Let's break that down more. Yeah. Like there needs to, there needs to be like, there's, it needs to be more of a, more of a choose your own adventure where it's like, okay, this, this is the way it could go. But if he makes the wrong choices, it's going to go horribly, horribly wrong. Or this person will just die and that's it. You know, that's a more interesting story to me than, than this, like, well, no matter what Neo did, Neo was going to be Neo. I don't think that's <laughs> fair to the Matrix. I, I don't, you know. Remember, but... Mark, there is no spoon. Uh, I remember. <laughs> All right, I, I use Matrix as, as, I wasn't trying to pick on the Matrix. I just putting it out there. Yeah. But as a, but, you... yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I hope that's something that's explored more fully, too, because, uh, uh, yeah, I, I like... I like the idea of free will. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Yeah, I think most people are. Are they though? I mean, according to Loki, that, that the interesting part is Loki advocating for free will uh, when he was the one in the first Avengers telling how people love when you know they they crave to be ruled. Right. Well, you know, free will for those who know how to use it. It's it's an interesting conversation, and I hope they get into more of it uh, as as the show progresses. I think that's something I want to see them explore a bit more. Yeah. You know, can I ask, uh, this is about the first episode. Sure, sure. I don't know if I have answers, but I'll try. Yeah. So one thing that confused me was the, the infinity stones. Mm -hmm. Like in Endgame, didn't Tilda Swinton say like they can't be taken out of the timeline? I'm a, so my how do they get there? I don't, my I didn't quite get it. My assumption is that those are stones from from variant branches that, that the TVA has pruned. Okay. Just like how they took the Tesseract and they just put it in a box right. somewhere. Like they didn't go back into the timeline because it technically is already in the timeline. Okay. All right. Uh and yeah, 
that that's oh, I, I thought you had a different question there. I, was, I had a different answer prepared. So now <laughs> I did like the idea of of how they're useless though when they're not in the right universe and in the right galaxy, right dimension. Because that's actually a throwback to the comics. I don't know if I don't know if you remember the Marvel versus DC comics. I know there were like two of them. Well, right. the, the 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 big first one where it was Marvel versus DC, the four I think it was like four issues, and then there was like the big vote where the readers got to vote for like you know who would win Hulk versus Superman, Batman versus Cap. Yeah. Um, yeah. In that crossover, at, at, I forget which issue it was specifically. Uh, Darkseid gathers the Infinity Stones, thinking he's going to use them to whoop some ass, but because they're not from the DC universe, they're just fancy jewelry. Okay. So it's kind of like I, I felt like it was kind of a little shout out to that. Okay. <laughs> Fancy jewelry for Darkseid. Right. With that big giant axe in his chest from the Snyder Cut. Yep. It's a deep, deep Snyder Cut. Yes. <laughs> so stupid. I had one more question for you, but I've totally forgotten what it was because of our Infinity Stone conversation. Okay. Give me a minute. Let me see if I can get that get that back. Oh, okay. I was gonna ask if you wanted to speculate on where female variant quote-unquote Lady Loki is from. Didn't we already speculate on that? She's from Oklahoma. Right, but I mean, like, where specifically in the, in the timeline would this be? I have no idea. Th- that's one of those things, it's like, I'm just going with it. I'm not thinking about this stuff. Okay. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I don't have any ideas. Actually, I guess we kind of did talk about it because Oklahoma is one of the, uh, one of the sites that the bomb went to, so right that that could be that could be our connection right there. Yeah, and wasn't if that's the case, if that turns out to be what it is. Where the, the the scene at the end of the first episode where she lights the Minutemen on fire wasn't that in Oklahoma or was that like Arkansas or something? Oh, I think I think it was Oklahoma actually. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But... Yeah, I, I don't. I don't remember exactly. It was like 1850 Oklahoma or something like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. I'm I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued by the show. I, I wasn't I wasn't quite as enamored with this episode as I was the first one, but I, I still really much enjoyed it. Very much enjoyed this episode. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm in for penny and for pound. I'm watching all six. I can't wait to see where we go. I'm just the only thing I'm I'm bummed about is is that it looks like I don't get more more uh, Owen Wilson Tom Hiddleston chemistry at least in the next episode like I can't wait for them to reunite. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, that's been I think the the strongest aspect of the show. So we'll see how it how it fares without that because like everything else around those two I think has been a little bit subpar. I'm I'm enjoying the story and like the sort of wildness of it and just kind of like how out there it is and and you know like they're they're getting to to tell like very different kinds of stories so i'm liking that but but yeah so so far i feel like hilston and and wilson have been the strongest aspects yeah 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 right on one final question do you think okay. we're do you, do you think we're gonna get more of a reason why owen wilson why Mobius Mo- seems to be obsessed with the 90s? <laughs> you know, with the jet ski maybe, magazines and everything like that? Maybe that's when he's from. So you're thinking there might be more to it than this this rumor that the TVA was created by the time timekeepers? No, nah, I don't believe that. That, that, that maybe he was like secretly recruited, he just doesn't remember. 
Maybe that's, yeah. that's when he's from. He's a professional jet skier. Yeah, I'm not a believer in the space lizards and all this. I, I, f- I feel like it feels like a setup for this is going to be revealed to be something else. I, I think you're right. I'm very intrigued by, 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 by the possibilities. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Mark, thanks for hanging out today. Talking well, hold to me. on. Oh, oh, whoa. I have one question for you. Whoa. Oh. How did you, the very opening scene of this episode, how did you feel about their use of holding out for a hero? Oh, you know what? I am glad you brought this up because I have, <laughs> this song has become part of the zeitgeist once again. And uh, I felt like this was the weakest iteration of it I've seen recently. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it was really funny timing because I had just sent you, and again, this is a clip from like five months ago, but I had just sent you the, the Mandalorian, the final scene with Luke Skywalker arriving on the Star Destroyer with that yes. as the music. And, yes. <laughs> and you really enjoyed that. As I did. As did I. And then the, the week before, yeah. we got the new He-Man Revelation teaser with that as the music, which was excellent. <laughs> I did not watch that trailer, so I had no idea. Oh, well, you should check it out. It's uh, linked on the Patreon. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, yeah, and a, a couple of, you know, a few other things in, in, in popular culture have been using that song recently. And, right. uh, and to see it in the epi- in this episode, I was like, wow, I wish they had been able to change that at the last minute to something else. I was just, I was just like, they don't, they really don't get it. You know, that, 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 that song is like, a catharsis and there needs to be like a, a building of tension and we should know who the characters in the scene are, you yes. know, like we should know who they are and, and, and what the stakes are. And, and, and so having, I understand they were going for like a counterpoint with it, but I, I just, I just thought they completely missed the mark on it. Yeah. I, I was pretty uh, bummed out. <laughs> I wish, okay. I wish they had kind of like read the room a little better on that one. Well, I'm I'm glad you feel that way because I was because as I was watching it, I was like, "This is not good," and I just thought to myself, "I'm the only person in the world who is going to think that. Everyone else is going to love this." A lot of people do, apparently. Uh, some of the some of the reviews I read on the show uh, were very in favor of it, and I was like, "I was like, really? I didn't think it was used that well because, like you said, uh, there there is supposed to be, you know, catharsis with it. Like you're supposed to be so pumped up for what's about to, you're about to see, but you like it was." A, an unknown variant of Loki who at that point was unrevealed possessing right. a Minuteman member who we had no connection to. Right. And so, yeah, it, it just felt like, in, in, I felt like it was improper use of the song. Yeah. I, I'm with you hundred percent. All right. All right. I am, I am, I am going to wrap this up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think, unless you have more questions. No, that's it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks for hanging out. Well, you'll, you'll be back next week for, for Loki again, correct? Yes, sir. Excellent. All right. I'll talk to you later, man. Thanks for hanging out today. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This isn't about you. Well, there it is. That's the conversation for Loki Episode 2, The Variant. I hope you enjoyed that conversation, that little chat about the episode. One of the things we didn't, we didn't discuss uh, was, was, was Sophia DiMartino as 
the lo- as the variant as what is being dubbed on the internet as female Loki. Uh, I thought she did a really nice job. Has some nice presence about her. Uh, looking forward to seeing more of what she's going to do. Uh, will she be the actual variant of Loki, or is she like we discussed that that character uh, from it from another timeline that was imbued with Loki po- Loki's powers by Loki himself? Do we get to witness that in this new uh, branched off timeline that she, that she's bombed? And, and caused all these branches to shoot out and all these variations to potentially exist now. Uh, it's going to be an interesting, fun, fun ride, so I wanted to give, make sure we give a shout-out to her for doing such a great job in this this uh, first episode for her to appear. Can't wait to see what she's going to bring to the table next. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to mention, too, you know, I didn't even pose the idea to Mark. I'm not sure why. Uh, but, you know, Loki goes into the time door, follows after the female, the, the supposed variant of himself, and you know he's looked back at Mobius, and I think I think what the impression we're supposed to get is that that he's making a break for it. Loki's gonna go and do some Loki things, and and you know the god of mischief up to no good. But is there a possibility that you know he sort of has bonded with Mobius, like they, they sort of have a friendship in place, and he's gonna go and do the job that that Mobius brought him on board for, saved his life for. Um, but he's just gonna do it his own way. Is that a possibility too, or do you think it's just Loki's gonna Loki, Loki's gonna Loke, uh, as as we said earlier in the episode? So a couple more things to kind of consider. There's a lot. There's a lot going on here. You know, the other same thing we saw when the timeline was being bombed, uh, Ravana Renslayer grabbing her baton. She's gonna go back out into the field. How is that gonna affect things? Is that can connection gonna exist? And then uh, I, I noticed one more thing, and I meant to bring it up with Mark when I was talking about sort of the antiquated. Uh, uh, types of bureaucracy that we see, the, the sort of tools of bureaucracy. The, the rotary phone that's on the desk, watching that guy as, he, as he's seeing the timeline being bombed and he has to call you know, higher up in the food chain and he has to use the rotary dial to make that phone call. I, it was just another one of those little, little uh, nuances in the series that uh, I really, really enjoyed and, and appreciated. Uh, showing that, again, that sort of like 80s level kind of bureaucracy you'd see from uh, basically any kind of government organization, particularly like the DMV, like Mark re- made reference to. Uh, so yeah, good stuff there. I, I know it was a little harsher on the episode than maybe I intended to. I think I just wanted to kind of, I wanted that first half to pick up, but the second half more than made up for it. And I, I did sort of like the uh, Loki doing the paperwork, you know, doing, hitting the research trail, you know, it was very, uh, it was very, it sort of, <laughs> it's a weird, weird, call, weird callback, but it's sort of like the, the Buffy vibe, you know, when, when, the, when the Scooby gang had to go into the library and research the monsters they were fighting, or you'd see that thing in Supernatural if you wanted a more recent reference, you know, where, where Sam and Dean would have to research the monster they were after. So it kind of reminded me of that in a little way. It, it was remind, reminiscent of other genre TV that came before it. So fun, fun stuff. Really looking forward to more shenanigans with Loki. Cannot wait. We're going to get out of here. Let's wrap this show up. Thank you so much for listening to the TomCast podcast. My name is Tom. I hope you've had a good time. If you're a new listener, uh, thank you for coming on board. I hope you're enjoying our, our conversations about the Marvel shows. And uh, we hope you stick around because we're going to keep doing them. As, Marvel, as, long as, as long as Marvel's putting out content, we will put out content about Marvel's content. Content about content about content. That's what our that's our motto here on the show. That will be the next t-shirt in 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 the store. Uh <laughs> thanks so much for listening. Special shout out once again to the official members of Pophead Nation. Thank you so much to the Aspen Hill Jody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, co-host of the Ringing Ear. Check out that podcast. Uh thanks to Brian Broussard, the Squidmaster General himself, the, the New Jersey Devil Mark Wagamer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company, right here in San Diego, California and coming soon to Baltimore, Maryland. 
and the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. Thank you all so much for helping keep the lights on and keep this show chugging along the timeline, chugging along the sacred timeline to our eventual endpoint, wherever that may be. Uh, tune in next week. We'll be back hopefully on Wednesday for, for more Loki fun, uh, but it may be Thursday again. Uh, schedules are a little in flux at the moment, but we will be within 24 to 48 hours of the show releasing. Don't worry about that. That's, that's a promise. Remember, we are on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing the show. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora, Amazon Audible, and so many, many more. Let me know if we're not on something that you want us on, and I'll get us on there. Make sure to follow us on social media, too, at TomCastPopCast on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. Reach out, hit us up, let's have a conversation. Let's get into it. It'll be fun. It'll be exciting. Can't wait to do that with you all. And one more request, if you're on Apple Podcasts and you can take the time to do a five-star review, that is so, so helpful in defeating the evil algorithm and spreading the good word about what we're doing here on the TomCast Podcast. So thanks in advance for that. All right, we'll be back next week. See you soon. Ciao, babes. So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's say, one hit. That's all we got, one goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah! Yeah! And I'm a big fan of your beer, too.